0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the BlueWire podcast network. We're back after a few days off. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And Nick Wagner from ESPN, he covers the 49ers for ESPN, our favorite cast member. He's going to join us uh, because we got into something of an argument over text message and said, hey, this would make a good podcast. So that's what we're going to do. Let's get into it.
2: Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles.
1: pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. touchdown, 49ers. I had this notion, perhaps naively, that Jimmy Garoppolo's final start with in the NFC Championship game was going to end the 49ers' quarterback conversation. He was going to get traded, and there'd be speculation about the trade and what's his value and this and that. But it would be Trey Lance moving forward. And now it's February 22nd. We are less than two weeks removed from the Super Bowl. And Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have worked their way into the 49ers quarterback situation or quarterback conversation. And um, it's driving me nuts, frankly. Uh, Chris <laughs> and Nick are here. And we're going to talk about what's going on in the, in the world of quarterbacks. But Nick, um, thanks for hopping on. And uh, your thoughts on the big takeaway from Aaron Rodgers hit on the Pat McAfee show today, Pat McAfee show today, that he and Shailene Woodley are likely still dating.
2: Well, first, before we get into that super serious topic of conversation, I I would like to point out that before we came on the air here, Kyle, I think the listeners need to hear that Kyle said this is the slowest time of the year uh, for the NFL, and it's no coincidence that that is the time in which they invited me to come back onto the podcast. I think those two are very much connected. So I just want to I just want to point that out. Also, I feel like I, I yeah I feel like I'm kind of ruining what the list because this is your guys' first podcast since the bachelor party, right?
1: Oh boy. Yes.
2: I feel I feel like I'm ruining like the bachelor party stories by 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 butting in here. So, uh maybe we circle back at the end and I can just get out of the way?
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like I don't know if there's much like podcastable content coming from the bachelor party. Not that, that it Which means it,
2: which means it's all
3: podcastable. <laughs> I'm boring
1: <laughs> is the deal. <laughs>
3: That's true. It was a lot of basic food food photos from San Diego. Mm -hmm. That was about Uh, all I was willing to share on Instagram. Put it that way.
2: But to be honest with you, I'm way more interested in your food photos from San Diego and really just about anything else other than Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley. So uh, (laughs) to get to get back to Kyle's question, uh, my big takeaway from Aaron Rodgers' discussion today was, boy, I mean, this is certainly not breaking new ground. Boy, I really am tired of hearing this person talk endlessly, just make a decision. Let us know what it is and then we'll figure it out from there because there are a lot of 49ers, even if it's not specifically to the 49ers, which I don't think it will be. Uh, there's a lot of trickle down effect from Aaron Rodgers' decision that will affect the 49ers. And if nothing else, the trade market for Jimmy Garoppolo um, will be directly affected by whether Rogers moves or not. So uh, in that sense, I care, but I only care when there's actually news.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with Nick a hundred percent. And my thing with Rodgers is, I wish he would stop complaining about being misunderstood when he's constantly saying things that are super ambiguous um, <laughs> because when you do that, you're going to be misunderstood. And if you just sit there in silence and don't post things on Instagram and don't go on Pat McAfee's show all the time, then no one's really going to misunderstand what you're saying because you're not saying anything. So to come out and say a bunch of things and then complain about the reaction to it to me is kind of reductive overall, but yeah, I'm with Nick. Like Aaron Rodgers could be the biggest domino to fall in the NFL this off Obviously, that impacts Jimmy Garoppolo. If Rodgers goes to Denver, then that potentially, you know, takes Denver out of the equation for Garoppolo trade. And then maybe the Packers become a viable Garoppolo destination. Who knows? Um, But yeah, I don't find Aaron Rodgers' emotions at this particular point all that compelling. Um, And I don't think he's going to end up being a 49er. But I do think that you have to factor in him being a domino um, the biggest domino of the NFL offseason that is going to impact the 49ers in some way.
1: I do want to shout out Aaron Rodgers for just right off the rip of that interview being like, hey, FYI, no news is going to be made here. It was like, great. Thanks. I'm out. Fair. See ya. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gone. Uh, but no, I think you guys bring up a good point because there's there's there's, you know, working in sports talk radio as I do. I don't like to talk about it a lot on this podcast, but um, there's this kind of like, oh, what if Aaron Rodgers wants to come to the 49ers? And I think that's not the conversation. Like, if he wants to come to the 49ers, I think the Niners are saying, no, thanks. Like, They just don't, like, that's just not, a, the, why would the Packers do that? I don't yeah, think the I don't think the Packers
3: do are doing it unless they yeah. get Trey Lance and, like, a couple first-round picks. Right,
1: and I don't think the Niners are doing that. But no. that's not even the, the thing. I think you guys make the point. They're like, if Aaron Rodgers decides, like, Okay, Devontae Adams got tagged by the Packers. I'm sticking it out with him for this year. His contract is through this year, um, and he ends up not getting traded. Well, now Jimmy Garoppolo, outside of maybe Russell Wilson, is like definitely the best quarterback available, the ve- the best veteran quarterback available, and that's a that's a pretty significant deal when it comes to when it comes to him on the trade market and what teams are going to be willing to give up because if teams aren't going to be pursuing Aaron Rodgers, well, now they're going to get desperate and start trying to reach for Jimmy G where we can get into the, the Jimmy G trade compensation uh, conversation a little bit. But I just think that if Aaron Rodgers is not going to go anywhere, it, it, there's an uptick in value for Garoppolo
2: there is a, well, I'll put it to you this way. There, I, there's like two things I remember from eighth grade economics. One of them is supply and demand. And the other one is Adam Smith and the invisible hand. I, I don't even know what that means. I just remember hearing that. So supply and demand is what actually applies to this conversation. Uh, but I think the 49ers, one of their beliefs and one of the reasons they have believed for a while now that they can do well in a Jimmy Garoppolo trade. And when I say do well, I think something like a day two pick either this year or next plus a, you know, like a fourth or a fifth rounder in whichever year they don't get that day two pick is because they believe they're going to have the supply. They are going to have the quarterback who is probably the best quarterback available on the market, and there's going to be a bunch of teams, and not just teams, but teams that are actually pretty good teams, teams that are ready to go to the playoffs who need quarterbacks. And if that is how it plays out, that's where the Aaron Rodgers thing does matter because I think that a lot of those teams out there, the Broncos are the one you mentioned, and I think they're the one that everyone is connecting Rodgers to based on who they hired as coach and all those things. But if you remove him from the equation and you remove Russell Wilson from the equation, which I think is very realistic, like if I was a betting man and I had to say today, where are those guys going to go? I would say they're probably going to stay or maybe in Roger's case, retire, but I don't think they're going to be on the move that puts the Niners in a much better position to deal from a position of strength, I should say. And so I think that is really what kind of matters here. And I think teams are kind of waiting for Aaron Rodgers to make that decision before things really speed up with Jimmy Garoppolo. Because my information all points to that the 49ers are trying to get this done sooner than later. They want to get cost certainty in terms of what their salary cap is going to look like. And the other thing, guys, is it's not just knowing what your salary cap is going to be. Because we could sit here right now and say, one way or the other, that Jimmy Garoppolo money is going to be off the books, right? So you can account for that. But the important thing is, is they have free agents of their own that they want to negotiate with sooner than later. And they can't really do that in terms of how they structure deals and all those things and getting under the cap before, before March 16th, they can't do any of that until they have that kind of certainty. And then for Jimmy Garoppolo, it's kind of like musical chairs, right? You want to put him in the most comfortable chair you can before the music stops. So I think all that stuff matters. And that's why the, that's why I say, I do care. The Aaron Rodgers thing does matter. I don't think it's going to be to the 49ers. I never say never, but I, I think that's a Supreme long shot but I do think it really matters in terms of what the 49ers are trying to get done from a business
3: standpoint. Yeah, I agree. I don't have anything more to add on (laughs) (laughs) that.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, (laughs) Is there any chance and we've talked about this uh, uh, quite a bit, but let's say Aaron Rodgers does not get traded. Um, Peter King and, and other reporters have brought up the idea that, that the 49ers could conceivably fetch a first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. And the thing for me with that is, is, Nick, you know, you talk about scarcity kind of drives demand. I think that's the smart person thing to say here. So that's, I'm going to say it. I barely passed Econ in college, so I'm qualified to barely say that. Um, I just don't... When I look at the teams that might want him, that are picking in the first round, I don't think the Steelers are the organization that's going to give up 20 for Garoppolo. And then the next logical team is like Washington and the 11th pick for Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't seem like a thing that would happen. So I just don't, I don't know where, where the first round pick thing comes in unless Washington's trading way back and then dealing that pick or something like that.
3: Maybe some team trades a 2023 first round pick.
1: Okay. Like if, if,
3: if, if if there is a first round pick involved, I think that's far more likely than a team that already knows where it's picking because I think Jimmy Garoppolo odds are he goes to a good team right so if say he does go to pittsburgh and the 49ers somehow get a first round pick out of pittsburgh well if the steelers are a playoff team and they're picking you know 24th or lower Mm -hmm. then that that conceivably would make more sense for them and you can probably make a similar case for washington if if they make a move for jimmy garoppolo and send a first round pick and it's their 2023 first round pick it's probably going to be lower than 11 or at least that's what they would be banking on Uh, I mean, the the thing is, you know, and I've thought about this a lot, like you can talk about what Jimmy Garoppolo's actual value is, and it's probably something like a second or third or a package of, you know, a two and a five or whatever. That's probably what his actual value is. But what that value is versus what he could actually fetch is a different thing because Sam Darnold went for a second and a fourth. Right. And like I think we and a six, like I think we would all say that in hindsight, Jimmy Garoppolo's a better acquisition to make at this point of the year than Sam Darnold was when the Panthers got him. Right. Alex Smith got two twos. Right. So like teams, it only takes one team and it only takes one GM potentially being desperate, feeling heat from the owner, um, trying to win now, trying to save his job to just say, screw it, let's pull the trigger on this. I don't really care what the draft compensation is. We just need to fortify our quarterback situation for, the next season, the next two seasons. Right. And so that's why, you know, you, you see some of these deals, they happen every off season. It makes you raise your eyebrows. Like, man, Jamal Adams for how many first round picks, right? Like situations like that. And it's just like, sometimes teams are desperate. Sometimes teams feel like, all right, this is the one missing piece. And if we get this guy, then that solves all of our issues and we'll deal with the draft capital issues down the line. Like, and, and so that's why, you know, on, on its face, it seems completely absurd that the 49ers would get a first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. But when you start to think about it, like, well, if there's a team that thinks it's a playoff team with Jimmy Garoppolo and that pick ends up being in the, you know, mid to late 20s in 2023, then that's, you know, not that's not terrible. And, you're, you know, if it's a first round pick, it's probably not a package of picks. Right. It's probably just a one. Right. It's you're not getting a first and a fourth or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, that, that's why I think that stuff is possible.
2: I think just to add to what Chris is saying here, I, I think that the idea of it being a first-round pick this year is is a little bit of a stretch. Uh, mm-hmm. I, again, I'll never say never on anything, but – I think, I think the comp, the natural comp that you make there if you're talking about a first-round pick being involved is the Carson Wentz trade from last year. And that was a conditional first-round pick. So you had, they had to let that year play out, and he had to reach playing time incentives and all those things for it to kick into being a one. And I think that's the more likely scenario because what's the big question with Jimmy Garoppolo is, can he stay on the field? So if he stays on the field, then you get rewarded where it's a two that turns into a one or whatever it is. I think that's the scenario in which I could see a one being involved here again I never say never because as Chris points out it just takes one team to do that but I think that makes the most sense and so maybe it is a four this year and a two next year or five this year and a two next year that could become a one next year Um, but I, I think it's almost you look at it like they always say that you, you subtract around for every year that you look at things. So if he's worth a two this year, theoretically then next year, he would be worth a one. At least that's how, you know, in the value chart, that's kind of how the teams always look at these things. But um, if there's not a lot of quarterbacks available and you got a lot of teams that need a veteran who has shown that he can at least win some games and be functional and be a solid NFL starter. Um, there's just not going to be a lot of those options out there. And there's going to be more teams that need them than, than guys that are available.
1: Do we think that, because his no trade clause is not up until the new league year starts. So March 16th, do we think that's going to be a factor at all?
2: I I think, I don't think the no trade clause matters. I think the contract matters. Um, And and that almost Hmm. gives him some, some leverage in the sense of how this will play out. And I think the 49ers are going to play ball with him. And and I don't think they're going to send him to, you know, Houston or something unless Houston just makes a ridiculous offer. But so I think it's going to be fine. I think it'll work out in that way, but. The thing is, is that since a trade can't become official until the 16th and his contract is up or his his no trade clause is up, then what's the oh, difference? Okay, yeah. Right. No, so so what so what really matters is if a team acquiring him needs to lower that cap number. And I think most of the teams that we're talking about here probably will. Um, he's going to have a say in that. I still think that at the end of the day, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to. You know, be too strong armed with that kind of thing because if there's a place that has a a pretty good team and is saying, Hey, you could be our starter, I think he'd be okay with that, you know, as long as it's not just a you know some football hinterland like houston or something like that again so i think that's kind of how this thing's going to play out i still think in the next two or three weeks we hear something and and it gets done at least unofficially and then we then we roll and and the niners are able to kind of start taking care of some other business
3: yeah I, i think something like this would happen at the combine right which which starts in in you know the first week of march so that's that's sort of the time frame i'm looking at and maybe something happens before then we've seen quarterback trades happen well before the new league year starts they just don't become official until after the league year um what the March 16th is that the date um so yeah I I'm I, I'm curious to see if Jimmy Garoppolo does what Tom Brady does and we can talk about Brady smooth segue um but like j- <laughs> Jimmy there, there's potential that Jimmy would just take one of those contracts that Brady did and is like whatever I'll take 15 to 20 million like let's just go win playoff games right it's not I don't see Jimmy like being like the, the contract stuff being really difficult for him because I do expect him to get a two or three year deal. Um, once that trade is consummated, because ultimately Jimmy doesn't have much guaranteed money left on that deal. It's only, you know, it's, he's, this is the last year of the contract that he signed in 2018. Um, so it would behoove him to sign, you know, a two or three year extension, ultimately shrinking his cap number in the short term, while max maximizing his guarantees in the long term And he could do that, in a relatively team friendly way. So I don't think um, the court, the the contract stuff is going to be all that problematic. Um, But we'll see. I like, I, I, I see, I see the 49ers working with Jimmy to send him to a place that's not Siberia, right? Like that to me is why Pittsburgh does make sense. Um, But we'll have to see. I mean, I, I think, you know, the 49ers want to do well by Garoppolo and, and I, I, what I'm curious to see is how well, you know, like how, how much Jimmy Garoppolo cares about how the 49ers come out of this. That's going to be a, a fascinating thing because 49ers, like they paid Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of money, right? But they also, there wasn't a ton of support because they did kick the tires on a lot of quarterbacks over the last two years while he was still there in trench as a starter.
1: You brought up Tom Brady I and Chris, you, you and I have done, have done a whole podcast about Tom Brady, but the more that this goes on and the more I kind of thought about it, the Buccaneers still own Tom Brady's rights. And I don't think it's just a slam dunk that if Tom Brady calls the Niners and says, yeah, I'll play for one year on 10 mil. And then the Niners call the Bucks and go, hey, Tom Brady wants to play for us. Here's a sixth round pick. I don't know that it's a home run that the that the Bucks just go, okay, yeah, but we'll take it. Thanks. Like, no, I don't happened- think it
3: would be a sixth though. Like, I think it would be like an actual trade package
1: yeah I just don't know if if they go yeah give us this give us your second round pick this year and some other stuff that's when it gets hairy to me and that's when that's when it's like man I just don't know if all because I'm of the mind that when Tom Brady calls like you answer and you have to like he's the one guy that I think you delay Trey Lance starting for but at the same time if the Bucks aren't gonna play ball and they're gonna go hey it's tom freaking brady this is an asset and we're gonna make you pay for that asset that's where i'm like oh maybe it's maybe it's not as easy as as easy as oh tom brady wants to play for us so just make it happen
3: i mean in in the scenario that tom brady does call the 49ers the 49ers have all these third round picks are accumulating from the you know diversity hire stuff mm-hmm. so they have three third round picks um, over the next two drafts, and they could have potentially more if D'Amico Ryans ends up becoming a head coach or Rain Carthon becomes GM at some point. Um, that's where I start. If the 49ers, you know, if they do happen to get a call from Tom Brady and they make a trade offer to the Bucs, it's like, all right, you want two-thirds? We got two-thirds. You know, like I don't think I, – I, I never thought that, that Brady, the Niners would just be able to get Brady from the Bucs for nothing. I do think something would happen there. Um, But I think ultimately that if Brady wants to come to the 49ers, I, I see very few roadblocks in that scenario. And I know Nick disagrees with me on that.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: Yeah. I I, I'm with, I'm kind of with Kyle. I'm of the mind. And again, I'll I'll go back to my, my, the thing I always say about the NFL, I never say never on anything. So I'm not going to sit here and say this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So I I say never, and never say never way more than I say never. Right. (laughs) So uh, I, but I, when I look at this, I I just think that it's really easy to sit here and say, Oh, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. He can do whatever he wants. And in most walks of life, I think that's true, but I, I think there's a few things you have to take into account. First of all, I know that that dead money on his contract is going to kick in one way or the other, right? That that thirty-two million dollars, but if the reason there's a reason that that paperwork will not be filed by the Bucks until after June 1st or June 1st, because that money spreads out over the next few years if they wait until after June 1st. So, if they were to trade him before June 1st. It would be negative $11 million off of their cap that they would just there's no gaining anything by by him being off of the books. If they wait until after June 1st, and this is true of a trade or a release, then it's $12 million that they gain in cap space. Um, and that matters for a team like the Bucks that has a guy like Chris Godwin to sign that has tried to bring back a lot of their core guys. The other thing that I go back to is, is the Bucks. From their standpoint, they're still contenders. Bruce Arians is not a young coach who's just trying to get to the mountaintop. Like he's been on the mountaintop and he wants to stay there or get back there as quick as possible and, and win as many games as possible. And they have a ready, a ready to win roster right now. So I don't think it would just be as simple as Tom Brady saying, Hey, like I want to go to the 49ers, just, just do it. Right. Like that's, that's such a good argument. Like, just do it, you know. Like the the, the only comp the right, the only comp that we have for a situation like this is Brett Favre and the Packers. And if you guys remember back when that happened, Brett Favre wanted to go to the Vikings. There was even afterwards that it came out that the Packers thought the Vikings were tampering and all those kinds of things. And guess what the Packers did? They sure as heck didn't send him to a, a division foe. In this case, I know the Niners aren't in the same division, but it's a conference foe. They sent him to the Jets. And then Brett Favre forced his way from the Jets to the Vikings. So he had to wait a year. So I just I don't I don't necessarily get down with the idea that oh, the Bucs are going to do a favor for Tom Brady because he was nice enough to win them a Super Bowl and they're just going to pay it back. I, just, I that's just That's just my opinion on it. I, I have a hard time seeing the Bucs do it unless, like you guys just touched on, there would be a legitimate trade package involved, and I'm not sure the 49ers are going to want to do that because they've been trying to go down this road of win now, build for the future, and extend this thing for as long as possible. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm with Kyle. They should definitely kick the tires if, if this is a real thing, but I just think that's going to be really difficult to pull off.
1: That's the other thing is it's kind of wild how it's just universally accepted that he's going to play. Right, right. It just, it's just like, oh, my uh, an NFL Network reporter said that some of Brady's teammates thinks he's going to come back. And, oh, he never actually said retire in his nine-page Instagram post <laughs> about, about how he has other things in life to attend to. He's totally playing like,
3: man, why? should have had Aaron
2: Rodgers do his retirement announcement just to bring it all full circle.
3: Big hit on gratitude. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think Brady Brady's, I I think what, what was apparent to me in my attempt to read between the lines on that Instagram post was just like, there's no finality here. He hasn't spoken to reporters. He hasn't had like a goodbye press conference. He didn't say the word retirement. It read to me, and I know other people have said this, but it read to me like a goodbye to the Bucks, and that's really it. Like it, there is, there is, it's very ambiguous, right? And I, and I think he's leaving the door open because at some point, whether it's April or May or you know June or July, he's going to have that itch because he's just a maniacal competitor, and that's like you're gonna he might be one of those people that you literally have to pry off the field to get him to stop playing. And so I, I don't, I'm not saying I think Brady's going to be on the 49ers. I'm just saying it would not surprise me at all. If there's a phone call made or phone calls made at some point, this offseason where Brady's like, Hey, like let's, let's do this. You know, if we can make this happen, let's try to make this happen. And that's, that's all I'm saying is like, I, you know, he, he did it. He did it in 2019 or I guess 2020 after the 49ers went to the super bowl. And I just don't, it, it doesn't what, feel finalized to me that Brady is retiring. I know, but, like, I but know why it goes wouldn't he, way,
1: but. why wouldn't he just say like, Hey, all those reports that I'm retiring false. I am not hanging up my pads. I haven't made a decision. yet."
3: I don't know. Why man. put out
1: a nine page Instagram post that talks about how he has other things in life that are important now.
3: Yeah, but none of them more important said than he's the not, Bucks, playing not football more anymore. important than the 49ers.
1: But he didn't <laughs> nec- <laughs> he didn't necessarily refute the the reporting, I guess. Was it, that's that was my biggest takeaway. If it if that was just his post that came out of nowhere and there wasn't the previous reporting by by Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington, then it would have been I would I would be totally there like, oh, we never said retire. Like we're just t-. but it was like reported that he's going to announce his retirement. Uh, they called the Bucks hasn't made a decision yet. And then all of a sudden, like nine page IG post, It's all over the place. Everybody's saying he's retired. And not word one where he's like. Where he's like, I never said I was retiring. You
3: remember when the the, the reports first started coming out the Saturday before the NFC championship game that Brady was retiring? And then Brady's dad came out and said, we haven't heard any of this. You know, it like it hasn't it 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 just doesn't feel to me like he's completely closed the door on coming back. That's all I'm saying.
2: On the next episode of Man in the Arena <laughs> airing exclusively on ESPN Plus. Uh, no, <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's 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 funny because I I I don't disagree with Chris's thesis that you know tom brady probably is leaving the door open at least a crack to come back and play but i also agree with kyle of like why play you know like if you're not sure just don't make the decision i i do think that he's probably made the decision he doesn't want to play for the bucks anymore um, but yes, that's agree. not the same as not wanting to play football again i i still i just think at the end of the day if you're the 49ers uh, obviously if tom brady wants to play for you and he did a couple years ago and you didn't do it you have maybe you have some regrets about that, particularly given how it worked out for Brady in Tampa Bay and how close you've been, at least how close you were last year. But the other thing that I don't know, and I don't I don't have an answer to this, uh, but I can throw it out there is how did Tom Brady feel about that? How did Tom Brady feel about the fact that the 49ers didn't want to sign him? I know that's his childhood team, but is is there is there an element there of like well you had your chance and you didn't do it like and and is is his feelings still strong enough that oh yeah i would I would be willing to force this to fo- to fake a retirement and then force my way to San Francisco because I still want to play there. And I and I know that back then, at least in 2020, from what I heard, a lot of that was driven by the fact that he wanted his parents to have an uh, easier way to come see him. And it would have been a kind of a cool family thing for them. So I guess there's probably that element is still there. But I just wonder, I, I, I don't know the answer to that, if that's something that Tom Brady in the back of his mind is like, hey, well, you guys had your chance and. This, I'm good with this. I'm I'm going I'm to call this a career
3: and and you know take my championship rings and go home. To to your point about man in the arena as a strong company man as you are, um,
1: glad that, you got the like, plug in for your little mom and pop operation over there.
3: <laughs> it feels like to me another shoe is potentially going to drop one way or another, right? Like there will be an episode of that show where he's like talking about retirement in like terms of finality rather than sort of the more ambiguous like IG post. And then maybe he goes on talk shows and answers questions from reporters or whatever. But the the fact that he hasn't done any of that makes me think that this this thing isn't slammed shut yet. And maybe it will be at some point. But I just feel like there's another development that needs to happen before I'm convinced that Brady's retired.
1: Does he have to come out and be like, just clarifying, I retired?
3: I mean, it would help.
1: Because what did he what did he say to Jim Gray like like I'm done but also never say never or whatever? He
2: said never say, say never. He stole he stole my line.
1: <laughs> or he stole his line. <laughs> He's like as Nick Wagner says, never say never.
3: I don't know. I I mean, I think the far more likely is Trey Lance is going to be the 49ers starter um and that'll be that. I'm i'm curious to what's see your where-
2: concern level about that though chris
3: <laughs> trey lance's readiness um well if he had to play a game uh on sunday march 1st i don't think he'd be ready or what february 28th whatever yeah so yeah anyway if he had to play a game next week i don't think he's ready if he has to play a game by september i think he'll be fine
1: that's the underrated like under discussed part of all this it's like, well, I watched Trey Lance play 10 quarters his rookie year, and boy, he's not ready. It's like, yeah, if he was, he would have been starting. <laughs> like, of course he's not. I don't know. I just.
3: It's it's just very short-sighted. Like, it the, the the whole talking point just feels very short-sighted. Like, he's not ready. It's like, okay. Well, can can we, like, see him, like, get, get all of these, like, hundreds and thousands of reps that he's going to get before the season starts before 30, we. Thousands. Hundreds or thousands. Oh, okay. I don't think it's going to be hundreds <laughs> of thousands. <laughs> That would have been been a lot of reps. I mean, he might take take that many mental reps, I'm sure. Well, that that would make Twitter
2: happy. He'd be in his playbook, (laughs) in his bag all day long. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the discourse with with Trey Lance is super weird, right? Like, you've got a lot of the same people who are saying in August, he should start right now. He's ready, right? Without any information, right? They'd barely seen him or maybe they saw him in training camp. He should start. And then now those very same people are saying, Oh, he's not ready. But the re- the reason for him not being ready is because the Niners didn't do what they wanted them to do in August. So, like it, there's just kind of that those weird like parallel tracks that like split off and go in different directions. And and I think that here's the thing. I have said this uh, in on a few radio shows and things like that and I I just think that the the 49ers' confidence in in the building, both on and off the record from people I've talked to, doesn't match up with what the outside world is saying. And I get that. That makes sense because the outside world hasn't seen him nearly as much as the 49ers did. But from late November through the end of the season, when you would talk to people about Trey Lance, either on or off the record, you would get a lot of, like, Oh, it's starting to come. It's starting to click. We're starting to see it. And nobody's saying like, Oh, he's going to come in and be Patrick Mahomes after Mahomes set the, but that's the comp, right? Like Mm -hmm. in terms of the situation that he was in. And so I think the 49ers are really happy with where Trey Lance has been. And I've, I've written that I, I wrote it in December and I know that some other, like, you know, some, some national insiders, Peter King and Jake laser have come out and said similar things, but that is being said both on and off the record, which is an important distinction to make because it's not the same as we're just pumping our guy up and we want to give him confidence publicly. Now that no, I say all that to say of course Trey Lance this is a big off season for him. Like he has to, you know, go work with John Beck and and get some of the mechanical things down and and you know, get get the ball out a little quicker, shorten his stroke a little bit, things like that. Um, but I think the 49ers are really confident that he's going to do that because one of the things you hear about him from people in the building is that he was the person that they expected him to be in terms of how much he cares and the work that he's putting in. And so if that carries over and there's no reason to think that it won't, then he's going to come back ready. And really, I think when we have these Tom Brady discussions and even the Aaron Rodgers discussion, the 49ers need some certainty. And I don't think waiting until after June 1st to try to get Tom Brady is a great idea because I think they need to make the job, make it known to Trey Lance that it's your job and then everything they do over the next month and a half uh, leading into the draft and through the draft needs to be geared towards putting Trey Lance in the maximum position to succeed. And so I think uh, you put all that in the pot. I think that is why the 49ers, um, I think that's what they're going to do. And I think it's what they should do, quite frankly, because it's time to it's time to sink or swim with the guy. And I think they're in a good spot where they can they can swim. And if he plays really well, they could swim great distances.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, and at some point too, like the developmental track has to get on to the field i mean there's only there's only so many things you can do in a classroom and if he's delayed in 2022 and that's why i think it's not a slam dunk if tom brady calls that they just go yeah we'll take whatever we need to get him because if he's now sitting out 2022 as well he hasn't played a full season since 2019 and now those those on field reps that need to happen are still going to need to happen in 2023 so those hiccups that you're going to get in 2022, you're now just delaying those another year. So that's that's another reason that I think you know when it when you when you just go well, you get Tom Brady's to go, you just get do whatever to get him in the building. Like I, I mean, okay, maybe, but if they really believe in Trey Lance and they really think that this guy's going to have the type of impact that has them in contention the way every year, the way Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or or I think Justin Herbert's going to get there, you know, one of those kind of elite. Quarterbacks, I don't know why you would delay that while also giving up assets to do so. Like you, you gave up the assets already. You traded up to the number three pick to get this guy, and any development that needs to happen, it's going to have to happen on the field at some point. And if you're delaying that till the third year of his rookie contract, I I, I question if that's good business.
4: Yeah,
3: I mean, I, I I I agree with a lot of what you said. I think if it's Brady, like you you really look into it because he did throw for 50 touchdowns last year um but the the thing I'll always remember about Trey Lance like one of the reasons that I was so optimistic about Trey Lance in in August was how much better he looked at the start of training camp after all that work he put in relative to what he looked like during rookie mini camp and OTAs right like he very much looked like you know, at points he was over his skis or he was just really learning. And it was apparent like, okay, this guy has a long way to go. And then he went out and worked with John Beck um, in between OTAs and training camp over those six weeks and just came in and looked like a vastly different player, a much better player, a more ready player. Right. So that's why this stuff like, Oh, Trey Lance isn't ready yet. Well, like I've seen Trey Lance get better Based on how much work he's put in and Kyle Shanahan talked about it a lot last summer was like, yeah, Trey Lance came in and, and just played so much better because of all of the work that he put in. So if you extrapolate that to a full offseason where he's not worrying about getting drafted and he's actually, you know, working on a scheme and, and has a plan for from his coaches in his head and can get very specific on things he needs to work on. Like, I think Trey Lance is going to be ready because that's sort of the trajectory I think he can ride based on just his work ethic and what it looked like when he did put that work in last summer. So that to me is why I think Trey Lance is going to be ready. I think we could argue till we're blue in the face of whether Trey Lance is ready right now, but it's February and it doesn't matter if he's ready right now. Not only does it not matter,
2: but here's, here's not to get all existential on you guys, but what is ready? Like, what is the definition of ready in terms of this, in this conversation? Yeah, I know. I just blew Kyle's mind. He's going to be thinking about that all night. Wait till the edible hits. He'll be all over it. Uh, But, but, but but the thing that Tuesday, (laughs) exactly. It's just one tonight. Right. So, uh, no, when you, when you look at this, I, I think that you talk about a state of readiness and Trey Lance, you know, if you want to compare him to the Justin Fields and the Trevor Lawrence's and the Zach Wilson's, that's fine because of where they were drafted, but the situation is so different. And, and we, we all wrote about that at the time and you guys talked about it on the pod. Like it's just, it's not the same. You can't compare a guy being thrust into a position where he's got a really bad team around him and he's trying to lift them from the depths of the sea to take them back into contention. Like, Trey Lance doesn't have that. Trey Lance is walking into a situation where what does he need to be ready for? He doesn't need to be ready to throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. He needs to be ready to throw for 3,800 yards, maybe run for another three or 400, take care of the ball, uh, not, you know, not mess up plays at the line of scrimmage and and put his team in a position to win, not turn the ball over. I mean, the same things you ask of of, of Jimmy Garoppolo, and then maybe if a little bit more than that, you know, take some shots down the field and, and run the ball a little bit, some of the things that he can do that Jimmy can't. So that is a it's a whole different conversation when you're talking about what readiness means for Trey Lance. So to Chris's point, he doesn't need to be ready to do any of that, no matter what your definition is. Uh, is until September. And I think that just given what we know about him, he's probably going to get there. I say all that to say, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's going to be good. Maybe he's not. But that like this is is it is a black and white. There is a correct answer. When somebody asks you what Trey Lance is right now, the answer is, I don't know, because nobody has seen it. But the 49ers have the best idea because they're the ones who have seen him the most, at least in a practice setting. But even they don't know because they haven't seen him in a bunch of games.
3: Uh, I'm a big Formula One guy. And when I say big Formula One guy, I wow. mean, I've, I've watched Drive to Survive on Netflix. And (laughs) what's, I think there are a lot of parallels. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, there was, there was a pandemic over the last uh, couple of years that, you know, led to a lot of TV. Nice to have Netflix. (laughs) But I think there are a lot of parallels with formula one and the NFL and particularly quarterbacks, because you, if you think about quarterbacks and drivers, right. You could like the the driver is a quarterback. You could say um, the head of the team is like the coach. Um, and whatnot and a lot of times the best teams are obviously the most desirable for the best drivers and sometimes they'll just go pluck one of the best young drivers and he'll come perform much better for the elite team with the elite car than he would if he went to a mediocre team with a crummy car right and the 49ers now if you just look at the infrastructure the offense the talent like Trey Lance is taking over an elite car <laughs> right like he's driving one of the fastest cars in the league because he has Debo Samuel and George Kittle and a running game and Trent Williams and you know brain and I like there's a very good this is a very good Charlie situation. Warner <laughs> Charlie Warner, exactly totally. this is Daniel Brunskill this is this is a situation that's very good for a corner quarterback to get thrown into and so he's not this is not Trevor Lawrence going to the Jaguars right like this is right. This is a team that is I think Kyle Shanahan, one of his strengths as a coach is understanding what his players strengths and weaknesses are schematically and being able to game plan around those weaknesses. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't very good at throwing deep. So Kyle Shanahan didn't dial up a whole lot of deep passes. Right. Like, I think Kyle Shanahan now that assuming that Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback is going to devise his entire offense around Trey Lance's skill set, what he's good at and what he's not good at. And it's going to look like it's going to look similar, not aesthetically, but in terms of like numbers, like it's going to look similar, in my opinion, to what the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. Be like we're going to run the ball as much as any team in the league. We're going to play to our defense and then we're going to utilize our playmakers when teams are overplaying for the running game. And I think that's a very favorable position for a young quarterback to be in because it's not like there's going to be you know, five wide every play and he's going to have empty protections and no running game or anything like that. And he's just going to have to win with his arm. I think Kyle Shanahan going to make life relatively easy on him, just like Shanahan did for Jimmy Garoppolo at times. So I think ultimately there's plenty of reason to be optimistic about Trey Lance. And I understand when people say, oh, I don't think he's ready, which is, I guess is fine. But like, if you don't think Trey Lance can run that offense next year, I think, I just think that's misguided because I think it's it would take Trey Lance being pretty bad for the 49ers not to have like a top right. 10 or 12 offense next year
1: well and if if you don't Nick you alluded to it like what Kyle Shanahan said at his end of your press conference like he is the person we thought he would be from a charisma standpoint from a a Work ethic standpoint, and then you can just see between week five and seventeen the improvement. I think if you're saying like you don't think he's going to be ready by September 2022, I think that's just overlooking all the evidence to the to the contrary. And ready meaning ready enough, um and then theoretically he'll get better as the year goes on. But I just, it's not like the Niners are going to go be a four win team next year because Trey Lance is starting. They started what two and five this year.
3: But so yeah. like yeah. the goal is to win a Super Bowl, right? Like if Brilliant. Trey Lance isn't ready to win a Super Bowl next year, then what you're going to bench him. And then all of a sudden he's going to be ready to win a Super Bowl in 2023. Like that just doesn't right. track, right? Like, yeah. At, the only way at he's some gonna point get ready he's got to play. play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Play. yes. It just seems like and, kind and, of a no-brainer. Well,
2: and the other the other piece of that puzzle, too, is is part of the reason you make the move for Trey Lance, in addition to you know Jimmy Garoppolo's injury issues. But, the, you know, the other issues that you had with Jimmy Garoppolo is the contract stuff. And the more you kick that can down the road and you're spending, you know, even if you get Tom Brady and I think if you acquired Tom Brady, let's just say I think it was like 12 million for next year or something like that for an acquiring team if they were to trade for him. But now you've invested, you know with another backup, potentially $24, $25 million in the position. And you, who does that cost you? Who does that cost you in free agency? Who can you not keep Lake and Tomlinson because his, his price tag is probably going to come in nine, 10 million a year something like that. Uh, and, and does that keep you from re-signing him uh, a, as opposed to having a guy who you can lock in and, and put, put Trey Lance in a better position because you've got his, you know, two of his key offensive linemen back. Those are the, those are all the things like the trickle down effects of those decisions. And part of the reason you want a rookie quarterback is to maximize the crap out of that, out of that rookie contract. Uh, yeah, I, I'm getting real highfalutin here with my, my language, but uh, <laughs> I, I, that, but that is part of the reason that you make that move. And, and I think that the longer you kick that can down the the road obviously the less return you get on that because um if he is the real deal and you hope that you do have to reach a point where you pay him a massive contract you'd like to have cashed in a Super Bowl by the time you do it so that you know for sure it's worthwhile when you sign him to that next one
1: is anybody other than Trey Lance going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers in week one predictions Nick
2: my prediction is no I I think it's going to be Trey Lance and and I'm not going to say I'd, I'd be surprised if it was someone else but I think it will be Trey Lance. And I think that uh, he will get his opportunity and the 49ers will do everything they can this off season to make sure the situation is right for him.
1: Would you be willing to say never? <laughs>
2: <laughs> only if, there was, if like a level nicely. of
1: certainty, you could throw on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't,
2: I don't, I don't dabble in that kind of stuff, Kyle. It's not <laughs> not of my alley. So,
3: but barring, barring injury, Trey Lance should be the overwhelming favorite to start, but the only player who, could potentially make that not the case would be Brady, in my right. opinion. I agree. I
2: totally thought he was going to say Nate Sudfeld. There, but <laughs> Nick's the disrespect. The disrespect <laughs> level is off the charts.
1: Um, I I love the idea of Nick talking about Peter Pan, and they're like, "And where did where did the the Lost Boys take take the kids?" And he's just like, <sighs> "Not saying <laughs> it." just mumble the
2: first part and land.
3: (laughs) who's going to be trey lance's backup though that's the question
2: i we know who you want chris have you already made the the marcus Mariota case on
3: the pod i think Um, i have yeah spoilers dude yeah i think i did but yeah i mean it it just makes a lot of sense right from a cost style who Mariota is as a human, like, I think he would be sort of the perfect backup. I know Tyra Taylor's gotten a lot of run, but it sort of sounds like I I saw a report this week that Houston might be interested in bringing Taylor back.
2: They are, but I don't know that. I mean, if Taylor has a choice, I guess it's you, you, do you want to be the starter in Houston and just get destroyed or do you want to come to San Francisco and, you know, it just depends, I suppose. But uh, yeah. I, think, I think the interesting thing, you know, there's a trickle-down effect that, that affects those guys, too, from what we were talking about earlier with Rodgers and Wilson, where a guy like Marcus Mariota could get signed to be a starter somewhere. Because if Rodgers and Wilson and yeah. Watson <laughs> don't move, like, who are going to fill all these starting jobs? When you look at New Orleans, you look at Houston, Tampa Bay, Denver, Pittsburgh, Washington uh if Rogers retires what about Green Bay I mean you're looking at six seven eight jobs that are going to be open and I see okay James Winston probably gets one of those jobs Jimmy Garoppolo probably gets one of those jobs maybe a rookie somewhere but it's it's kind of you know that that could there could be a trickle down that affects that as well and makes a guy like Tyrod Taylor or and or Marcus Mariota out of the Niners price range
3: that's interesting.
1: I think I think you've got to commit to the bit with the uh, Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith thing and just sign Chad Henny. <laughs> <laughs> I just just, Brody go Croyle. In, just just go all in on the on the on the Patrick Mahomes thing. Um all right. So this whole podcast thinks that Trey Lance is gonna be the starter for the 49ers in week one. I agree with that. And that was our quarterback conversation. And um, that's not gonna be the end of it because at some point there's going to be a report that Brady's working out at a San Mateo high school and
3: he's staying should, in shape. Should the 49ers give Nate Sudfeld the franchise tag?
2: <laughs> I don't think we have enough time to cover that right now. <laughs> that's, that's,
1: a, that's an obvious no, because uh, they've already, they, you get one and Jaquaski targets it. <laughs> they got a franchise tag here for you. <laughs>
3: <What>? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Uh yeah. Nick, this is this was fun as per ush. Uh thanks for thanks for stopping by. Uh if you have not, this is not this is no longer directed at you, Nick listener. If you have not yet subscribed to the pod, please do. Um rate, review, leave a five star review, and then tell us why you like the pod.
3: And that would be great. Uh ush put us pushing back the Trey Lance like breakdown is kind of becoming a bit. Yeah, that's never <laughs> happening. It's the D. What, what do you mean? Episode. We, what do you mean? I, after the season, we're like, let's like go back and rewatch Trey Lance's two starts and like the second quarter or the second half against Seattle and like really break it down within the context of how the season played out in hindsight and all that, and like that would be a podcast episode. And then every time we do it, we just keep pushing it back. <laughs> so it's fine. It's a it's, what was it's it? a didn't you guys used much. to do? Didn't you guys
2: used to do, like, uh, you'd go back and watch old games for, like, dead times of the year? Old you rush should just do it. that. but Yeah, old rush. But you should do it for games that, like, just didn't matter at all. Like, them playing right. Jacksonville this year. Like, go <laughs> right. back and like, relive the magic of the, the Niners beating <laughs> Jacksonville the week before Thanksgiving. Where were you when this game happened?
3: Kyle Shanahan's yeah. weird fourth down decision in, in <laughs> the red zone. You know? Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't, right. A- right. When Aaron Banks. <laughs>
1: Jeff Wilson, Jr.
2: When Aaron Banks played five snaps at the end of the game, where were you? Do you remember?
1: We'll be breaking down those snaps as well. We'll do a full 49ers rookie breakdown starting with Aaron Banks. With a full link, I hope. (laughs) Of course. That would be great. Do every rookie breakdown except for Lance. (laughs) Here's what we thought of Trey Sermon on special teams. All right, right, guys. Let's get out of here. We'll see you. See you.
4: MyPatriotSupply.com